welcome to This Versus That, Making Wedding Decisions with Kelly McWilliams. This podcast is for you if you're making a wedding decision and want to know what to consider before saying I do to all the things that will make your wedding experience a great one. I'm your host, Kelly McWilliams, and I'm so glad to be a part of your wedding planning journey. In each episode, you can count on me and my expert wedding co-hosts to give you everything it takes to make the best decisions for the wedding that you're dreaming of. Do you have a decision to make about whether to have a plated dinner or buffet dinner? Let me tell you that you do, for sure. And actually, it might not be narrowed down to just those two because there are other styles of dinner service that you can have. And maybe you're not even having dinner. Maybe it's a brunch wedding, a breakfast wedding, lunch, dessert-only reception. There's so many options and there are so many different variables and things to take into consideration all of which we're going to get into in this episode. Because truth be told, I want you to make the best decision for the wedding that you're hoping to have. I'm excited about my co-host today. He's a good friend of mine and one of the most amazing caterers I've ever come across. And if you follow me on Instagram, he's the guy that often leads me through my series, Kelly Can't Cook, But Greg Can. If you haven't watched it, it's a good laugh. They're on my Instagram highlights. Greg Shapiro, owner and executive chef of Taste Buds Custom Catering, is a culinary professional for over 20 years. Greg is dedicated to creating incredible experiences and custom menus for every event. His passion, commitment to innovative flavors, and love of challenges are an integral to who he is as a chef. As the owner of a custom catering company, He understands wedding catering specifically does not benefit from a one-size-fits-all approach and delights at working with clients to bring their vision to life for their big day. He brings a unique perspective on wedding catering based on his many years of experience and the close relationships he builds with his clients. Outside of the kitchen, Greg enjoys attending and educating at catering seminars and conferences, sharing with others in the industry, and learning about new trends. He also loves Land Rovers and is proud to be an Overland junkie. In fact, his bucket list includes conquering the Transamerica Trail in one. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't know what an Overland junkie is. I'm going to have to ask him next time I see him. Okay, let's go ahead and get into this interview with my friend, Greg Shapiro. Hi, Greg. Thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today. Hey, Kelly. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Are you excited to do this? Absolutely. Your answer is yes, more than you could possibly know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it is. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to talk to your audience and uh, and dive right in. Yeah. And this, I love, I came to you specifically for this topic about plated versus buffet, because I feel like you have so much to offer on this specific topic. Not that you aren't an expert on all things culinary, but, um, and so I've already kind of given everyone a, you know, your backstory and about um, taste buds and all of that. But if you could give everyone a little bit more information on what makes you an expert on this specific topic, that would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so 15 years of actual service in the catering industry um, has, is really my background and, you know, my expertise comes from seeing it all, all different, uh, styles of service, all different types of venues. Um, and 
uh, where we work, uh, you know, as, as far as plated versus buffet. Um, and that's just really where I, you know, I've, I've just seen it all as far as the wedding industry. Yeah. And you've seen, I'm sure, the good things that happen with both and the bad things that happen with both. So I don't want to avoid any of that during this discussion. Oh, no, we're going to let it all loose. Let us let it all loose. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, guys, the thing is, is that we want you to be able to take from these shows, you know, all of the tips, tricks and experiences that we've had. And that's why I bring these these experts on is because you're you only have at this point the perspective from things that you've experienced yourself so our hope is that by just even telling you stories that you'll have things to consider and to ask the professionals that you have hired, um, you know, specific questions and to things to be looking out for and to consider before making the decision. Because I think a lot of people make the decision just based on the experiences that they've had or how much something costs. Don't you think that happens a lot, Greg? Oh, Kelly, actually, I mean, this is what you're bringing to the audience um, is, I, I mean, it, it's an amazing opportunity for uh, your guests or your, you know, your audience to listen in and understand, you know, what obstacles there are, um, where they can be overcome. And then also just the education on, you know, again, we're going to talk about you know, food and food is a an ex, is like one of the most major parts of your wedding reception and gathering and your guests. And um, yeah, so let's dive in. Okay, let's talk <laughs> about it. Okay, so we are talking specifically about plated versus stations or buffets. Let's say, oh, Greg, how about this? Why don't we define the different menu or dinner styles first? so that we can then talk specifically about each one. Do you want to do that? Like talk about all the different ways that you can serve a meal at a wedding reception. Sure. So we're going to focus on, um, let's focus on just main, uh, the main event, right? So the main entrees or the main uh, part of the dinner. Not cocktail hour. Yeah, we're not going to get into that. that because there is some variations there, but it's very minute. Um, so the main event, um, as far as dinner is concerned is you have plated service. So plated service would be defined as you have, uh, your guests are sitting down, uh, they're at a table, they're probably assigned at that table. And then you have service staff that are going to come out and deliver your meal to your guests. Um, and then you would have uh, buffet service. So buffet service is going to be um, where your guests help themselves, they go into, uh, you know, maybe there's shafers or different vessels that are containing the food items from your menu and your guests are helping themselves to those items, uh, which we'll have to touch on because obviously we're in a different day and age now and possibly, uh, those mm-hmm. things are going to be modified, but we'll get into that. Uh, and then so, you have, very quickly say yeah. at the time there was recording, we are in the Corona pandemic. So, um, this, episode will live on forever so we just want to state that you know the way that things are served at this time are a little bit different and a little bit more limited than they would be at any other time absolutely okay and then third we'd have i would say your top three is plated buffet and then our third item is food stations and food stations are similar to buffet where your guests go up and and help themselves uh to uh, the food items that are on your menu 
Um, but they also can be themed there. They can be diverse. You can have a lot more diversity in those, in those types of service. Yeah. And with stations, they're not necessarily connected in one long line, like a buffet. Correct. Correct. Typically a buffet is one or two, maybe three lengths of tables that can be served from either side, or maybe sometimes they're one-sided. Um, and you just go down the line and get a little bit of anything that you want from either that you serve yourself or the person um, behind the staff member um, from the caterer or uh, resort staff or hotel staff is serving out to you. Absolutely. But you just go down a straight line. Like everyone lines up. Right. But at a station are broken up places where it's a different menu selection mm-hmm. at each difference place. And they could be anywhere in the room. Like you could have a room that has like all the food in one area and there's like five different stations set up there. And Greg, let's make sure we talk about that. Like the, a good number of stations to have Absolutely. if you're going to do that route. Mm-hmm. Um, or it can be spread out throughout the entire room, which I have an opinion on. And I don't know what your opinion is, but we, <laughs> we can go on into go into that. Yeah. Okay. So those are the different styles of plated or buffet slash stations. Those are the different styles of service. Correct. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Which one do you want to talk about first? Well, I think the, uh, I would actually say the first one I would dive into would be uh, plated service. Okay. Um, so let's talk about the pros and cons of plated service. Oh boy. <laughs> Are you ready for this, Kelly? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> so I would say, so you have the, the, the pros and cons of plated service. So the pros are uh, you have more of a formal style of reception and dining experience, right? So you're going to have, uh, you're going to have service staff that are going to come out. They're going to be formally dressed and uniformed. You're going to have more of that more elegant experience uh, right off the bat. So that's, that's a pro of that. If mm-hmm. you're, especially if you're looking for that type of organized format. Um, Agreed. Uh, a pro to uh, a plate of service, uh, a second one would be, you know, you guys out there that are, that are, you know, the bride and grooms that are, that are out there thinking about um, how to control what kind of food is offered to your guests um, is it's a really good way of controlling that. Um, so mm-hmm. you could do multiple courses, um, you can also bring in themes. You know, there's a there's a really good advantage to bringing in a theme to the meal um, to go with a plated service. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say one of the number, the, the biggest con I would say to a plated service is the amount of staff that is required. Uh, so if you're looking to. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of brides don't really think this way uh, because you think about it and you think, oh, you know, I can you don't realize how many staff members you actually have to have to produce this. Um, and, and what I mean by that is service staff, you know, to bring the food in an expedited fashion to make sure that we, you, you get the food out there um, and um, to take care of your guests. Cause your guests are not going to be up and about, right. They're not going to just go help themselves that, you know, unlike the buffet, which we'll touch on, but, you know, they're, they're going to be seated. They're going to be at their table. They're, everything that their guest needs has to be brought by a service person. Um, so true. 
And so there's quite a few service staff members that have to be, you know, applied to that. So then obviously labor costs um, are going to be reflected in, in your proposal for your, for your wedding. Yeah. That's when you have a, a caterer involved at a, mm-hmm. that there's going to be additional costs for that. Correct. Versus, you know, as a labor item, if you're getting married at a hall that has um, their own staff in-house catering, or a hotel or resort or a country club, that's not going to be the case. Okay. You're not going to see. You're not going to see that separate line item there. It's not going to fluctuate. Kelly, tell me, does that? So you have to help me with that because I don't have that experience. And obviously, I'm in the, I'm from the catering background. So, mm-hmm. so they lump that all together when they yeah uh, when they do that. Okay, that's yeah. very interesting. So if you're in the if, in the, still in the process of deciding on what venue type to consider, and if that is something to consider is that when you look at the menu samples that they send to you, you're not going to see a price. um, You're not going to see a price breakdown of the culinary, the food in the beverage and the labor. It's all inclusive in one price, but you will see a service charge there that's attached to the the actual food and beverage cost. I see. Um, but it's not going to, you're not going to see, you know, that includes exactly 12 servers or anything like that. I see. Whereas with a caterer, when you have a caterer, that is broken out for you. You're going to see the food cost, you're going to see the beverage cost, and you're going to see the labor cost all individually. And then, you know, the lump sum at the bottom. In the, some caterers include the gratuity in there and some do not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a benefit for it to be included from the get go. So it's just, so much easier for you too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, and I'm, I mean, plated service to me, um, you, you, you're going to look at a lot of other things who, you know, it could be a pro or a con actually, it depends on how you look at it. Uh, but you have additional flatware, uh, plateware, um, items that are going to be needed glassware, um, for your tables and so on and so forth. So those rental items. So especially if you're having a caterer come in, uh, to your venue, um, you're, you're going to have that additional expense. You're going to have a lot more plates and different things that we need to bring in uh, to set the table and have all that taken care of, which is mm-hmm. what Kelly's expertise is because she makes the table look beautiful. And, and, and that's well, where, thank you. <laughs> and, and that's where, and that's where that comes in, but that's, that could, that could be one, it could be an advantage or it could be a disadvantage as far as plated service goes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. One of the um, advantages that I can think of to plated is that it, I find it's a quicker service. And here's why. When you are doing one of the other styles of service, everyone has to take the time to transition up to something else to get their food Absolutely. and come back. Yeah. And there's the time that it just takes to plate those things up themselves versus with a plated meal that's all being done professionally in the back of the house and no one's sitting there waiting for things to happen because we have other things flowing in the room to captivate your guest while this yeah. is going on so there's not that lull in that right. you know like of what's you know sitting there waiting right right that's a that's a really good point i you know i never even 
I never looked at it from that perspective, but you're absolutely correct in the sense that I'm I'm one that loves to follow the timelines that have been given to me. Uh, I strive for it. Thank it's you for a, that. <laughs> Thank you. For it's that. one of you know, it's one of those goals that I really have for myself. That you know, when I'm given a timeline um, from a planner, that you know, I want to make sure that we can adhere to that as as best as possible. And you know, with plated service, it's great because you do you have that timeline. We have that time slot. You know, you tell me by you know, 7.30 PM, we need to have plates on the, you know, down and, and they're eating their salad or they're eating their entree or whatever the case may be. We mm-hmm. can do that and we can time that out and execute it. And, you know, other styles of service you are, you're left up to the guests. Uh, they kind of meander around. It's like herding cats sometimes. And uh, we, you know, it's really hard. It drags it on. Uh, Greg, tell me this. Let's mm-hmm. talk about financial differences. Yeah. Uh, plated versus the others. Is it more expensive or less less expensive? Typically, I know that that. Okay, so let's let's say it's the same food. So it's mm-hmm. not like if we're doing um like let's uh let's do a fillet. Okay, right. right. You having a fillet meal, based meal, um, beef or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, is that going to be more or less expensive as a plated dish versus? is stationed or buffet. So, but there's two, there's two parts to this and the, and I'm gonna have to come from a caterer's background for this, unfortunately (laughs) to -hmm. your guests, because uh, to give you a, to give you the answer on the caterer side, I'm going to say that the food items, if you're doing plated, let's just talk about menu cost for plated versus uh, stations or buffet you're going to save a lot more money on a plated meal than you are for a buffet. And due to the fact that you're going to have more food offered uh, on a buffet than you would be that it's portioned on a plated meal. So explain that, that there's more food on the buffet, because I think that's the, that's the thing that people for everyone who's listening probably do not get, don't understand that that's what the case is there mm -hmm. and why that has to be. So, if I we'll go to a menu item, let's talk about the filet that you talked about. So filet mignon, all right, or beef tenderloin, one and the same. If I'm going to plate that meal and I'm going to uh, put it in front of your guests, I'm going to give them anywhere between five to six ounces portion size of that beef. Okay. And that's the right. most expensive center of plate item that's going down in front of your guests. Where if we offer that same beef tenderloin on a buffet and you have a hundred guests, I'm not only going to have let's say 600 ounces, right, of of that portion or that protein or that beef tenderloin on your buffet, which would be enough for for one per person. But we're going to we're going to round that up to about 10% extra to make sure and sometimes even heavier than that depending on if you, you know, your brides out there if you're talking to me and you come to me and you say, uh, Greg, listen, I've got a family that loves beef. They're going to eat like crazy. Then that buffet item is going to be even maybe 20 or 25% an additional uh, amount of uh, amount on your buffet. So that's why that costs more because we're going to be putting out more product and it's, it's help yourself, right? So some guests are going to walk up and they, you know, they're going to grab two slices and then you're going to have someone like me that's going to grab 10. <laughs> I'm going I'm to eat a lot. Um, so that's where you, you run into that, uh, that cost difference, right? Because I, as the chef, I'm controlling the portion that's coming out to your guests and on the plated side. 
And on the buffet side, we're going to have to kind of take our best guess or whatever creative guess, if you will, to make sure that we have enough out there for your buffet. So it's going to cost a little bit more. Okay. So we know now that the reason that doing a station or buffet is going to be more costly is because there's more food. Right. However, right. However, in that case, it could be less in labor costs. Yes or no? Yes. If you so, if you have a caterer. Yes, if you have a caterer. So going back to what you said, you know, I I wasn't aware that how they lumped uh, other venues when they have halls and different things mm-hmm. uh, that they lump those costs together. So you may yeah. not see that differentiation. But on the caterer side, when we talked about plated before. Uh, you, you have way more staff. We have a lot more uh, staff to deliver the meal and get it to to your guests. Mm-hmm. Where in buffet mm-hmm. or food stations, we don't necessarily, of course, this was pre-COVID that I'm talking about. We didn't have to have um, the amount of staff right. uh, to, to help out. But now we're talking about a pandemic time where that is, we've gotten a little creative, right? We've said, okay, we can offer our guests a buffet service, but we just have to serve it from the buffet. So then we're having service staff behind the buffet serving your guests. But still, I would say it's not apples to apples as far as service cost. I would still say that Mm -hmm. plated has got a a lot heavier uh, uh, cost uh, associated with uh, plated service for sure. Yeah, I can say unanimously or any planner or coordinator will tell you that 100% I, I can't think of a place that I've been to where buffets were less than the um, uh, plated styles of dinner service. You're only going to see the price difference in the actual menu choices that you're making. Right. Um, also that there's with a buffet, you're like, okay, so if you wanted to do a duet plate or a duo mm-hmm. plate for your signature, for your signature dish, um, or if you have like meal options at a buffet or stations, you're also doing several different types of, you have the option of more, like per, more proteins. Like you might have that beef, but you might also right. have a chicken. Greg, what on a buffet or let's talk about that real quickly. Um, on a buffet, how many different meal, like how many different options are typically available there? And then same thing with stations, like how many stations should someone have if they're going to go that direction? Okay. So let's touch on two. You brought up duo and I want to make sure that the bride and grooms out there know what a duo is. Uh, A duo entree is kind of our lingo uh, in the back of the house is what we do is that's referring to a plated service and where we offer two different proteins on your plate uh, for your entree, meaning so let's go to the old fashioned term is surf and turf. Everybody always yep. called it a surf and turf mm-hmm. and where we usually would have a filet mignon and say a lobster tail uh, on the same plate offered to your guests. And we've kind of changed that and it's evolved to a duo because there is a lot more options that are out there than just the surf and turf option. You may not want seafood at all on your plates for your guests. You may want to have, uh, let's say, a chicken or a Cornish hen. Uh, on one side and then on the other side, maybe uh, another beef option, uh, maybe a mm-hmm. beef short rib or something of that nature. So that's where that duo entree uh, comes into play. Um, as far as the amount of stations uh, that a guest, uh, or I'm sorry, so uh, uh, brides and groups should look for, um, 
in having for their event. You know, I would say my expert opinion would be that three would be the minimum that I would say that should be there. Um, possibly four if we're going to include dessert. And that's more on the basic side if, if we're doing food stations. When you get into more thematic uh, food stations where we're looking at maybe one station's a, a Chinese takeout station. Let's say we've done an adventurous one like that where we've had Chinese takeout boxes and chopsticks and different types of stir fries at a station. Mm-hmm. And then maybe another station has uh, a carving station of some sort. Uh, with multiple proteins that are being carved by a chef with different sauces and accoutrements that go with that. Uh, maybe there's a salad station. Uh, maybe there is a, um, I'm going to say like a Mexican taco station. Uh, so you can theme out these stations and then that's where we become more of a social event, I would feel, right, Kelly? Mm-hmm. Don't you think that yeah, that's where absolutely. guests are up and about and they're mingling? Um, and that's where you can you can really accept the plan is being multiples more than three or four or five. You could have lots of stations. Um, but in reality, the the majority of the stations that we do food station wise would be three to four. Don't you see that across the board? Yeah, for you? absolutely. Uh, two things about that. They take longer because yeah. people want to go and eat from one, go back or go to one, take what's there sit down, eat it, and then go back up to another station they hadn't already visited. Absolutely. So your dinner service is going to be longer during this time. And so that's something to, to consider with your timeline. Um, also, you need to consider that if you don't want it to necessarily be that way, that maybe instead of putting the plates, the actual plates that they're going to make, there's um, that if you do smaller ones and place them at that station, they're going to do that. Because they know that there's only so much room there and it's going to fill up right there. Mm -hmm. Um, However, if you want them to, if you want to like kind of push your guests subconsciously, do one like plating area where it has all the plates on a table and then maybe a map or something cool like that that says, you know, there's a station over here for this. And then there's a station here for this and station here for this, but it's a larger plate. So they can go to all the different stations at once fill a larger plate and then go back. So they're just right. kind of going one time and, right. and hitting right. all of the different places. Right. Or, right? you know, and, and to that point, you know, now that we've kind of hit this pandemic type of uh, option, I, which I think is, is and the reason I bring this up is we all hope the pandemic is going to be over and hope for very soon. But yes. we also know that some of these adapt adaptations that we've taken with, with the stations, especially, um, are something that can actually carry forward and actually really be unique in the sense that these small plates where, where, where the chefs are pre-plating these small portions from the station so your guests mm-hmm. can efficiently just grab and go. And there's no wasted time ah. with you know building their own tacos, for example. They already have a pre-made taco. They can just grab and walk back to their seat and eat it right away. Yes. So what Greg is saying here, guys, is that let's say you go up to a station and it's a... Um, a Mexican style station, let's say at, when you walk up to the station, there's going to be individual ves- uh, vessels of more like a, like a bite size um, item that they, you could actually pick up and put on your plate. So it's like a miniature um, versus like a big scoop of something. This is, I mean, it could be right. scoops clearly, right. Right. but he's saying like, here's another cool thing that you can do is that you can have miniature things 
And also, I get, I feel like you could even do, and I'm going back to more like a buffet style with this, like you could do that, um, just all, like a huge long table that is a buffet, but then it is all um, bite-sized taster right. pieces. Right, absolutely. What, what would you call that? Like tasting uh, We call style? them small plates. We kind of generically okay. call them small plates because then it just comes across as, you know, the visual for the client in essence is, you know, Oh, it's a small plate. So that means it's a small portion. It's something you yeah. can grab and go. Yeah. But they're pre-portioned in a much smaller size. So that you can do like lots of different things, almost like cocktail hour, mm-hmm. but it, you could get really, by the time you get to the end of it and hit all of them. Right. You know, you've got a full, like a full belly. Right. Of food. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Um, Greg, let's talk about at stations, what actually is on the station, because I think that's mm-hmm. something that I have seen many different types of. Mm-hmm. I know what my favorite is. My favorite is I love a station that you could make a full meal out of, meaning that there's a protein, a mm-hmm. vegetable and a starch at one station. Like it encompasses mm-hmm. all the things mm-hmm. versus um, like having stations where there's like a carving station, like a like a. Let's say you could have a fish carving station, a beef carving mm-hmm. station, and then over to the right, there's a risotto station and there's a potato station. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, like, I like like one full meal available. You want a one-stop I, shop. I do. <laughs> but, but then there could be several of them. Yeah, like of course. the beef station could have like uh, fingerling potatoes and roasted carrots. Like that's right. a total comfort meal for me. Right. Then I would love to go over to a seafood station where maybe there's a whole grouper that the chef is carving. And alongside that is, you know, I don't know what goes with fish, like some <laughs> kind of fun rice and yeah, sure. Like any kind of vegetables and some sauces yeah. and different things. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's, there's two, uh, I like your, I like your, what you like too. I mean, I, I try to focus on that where we want to make the guests experience. They want to show up and, you know, walk up to one station and make their complete plate and be able to sit down and enjoy it right away. And then if they get back up and want to try something new, they can do that as well. Um, mm-hmm. But it should be complete. I, I'm a firm believer in that. But on the flip side of that, obviously, um, you know, food station wise, when you go to a more of a theme, let's say uh, we are trying to go an ethnic background or, or something of that nature. Uh, it still can be rounded out and complete, but it's but it's more focused on let's say tacos, or it's more focused on Chinese takeout, or it's more focused mm-hmm. on maybe the carving station portion of it. And maybe it's a slider carving station where the chef is carving it. And there's, uh, you know, some slider rolls and a couple different toppings, if you will, uh, or sauces oh, yeah. that go with that. Um, yeah. so there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, variance, if you will, with food stations themselves. Now, when mm-hmm. we talk about buffets, now that's a whole different ball game in my in my opinion, because you can you really want to stay focused on having probably two proteins. Um, and you know, you guys out there, when you're trying to plan a buffet, you really want to just not say, Oh, all I want is beef or all I want <laughs> is chicken. Um, we want to try to give some options uh to your guests. And that makes it it first of all, it makes it more engaging. It also lets your guests leave that experience fulfilled. I really yeah. truly believe. I that. also think it's an expectation. I oh, think yeah, that when people sure. go up, 
and there's not more than one protein, they feel like they've missed something. Like right. I missed something somewhere because there's right. only been fear. Right. So yeah. Right. And, you know, and we also have to, the, you know, the, uh, the elephant in the room, we have to talk about vegetarian and vegan, uh, making oh. sure, you know, when you put a buff- buffet together, please, please, uh, all, all you brides and grooms that are listening to me right now, please listen very closely. I'm going to get very deep and talk here. I'll I'm going to tell that. you, please, please make sure that you have something substantial for your vegetarian and vegan guests. Do not allow your caterer to put just asparagus with some sauce and call that the vegan or vegetarian option. <laughs> it's so unfair. No, 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 no. These people deserve everything. We all put our pants on the same way. They deserve to enjoy their meal just as much as the ones that are gorging on steak in the corner. That would be me, but that would yeah. be. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, buffets should have, you know, a beef, a chicken option and a nice vegetarian option and then round it out with items that go with those protein options. Okay. Don't just, you know, when we want to plan a menu, we want to make sure that there is rice and a potato possibly, or rice and a pasta or potato and a pasta, because you need to have options on the buffet. That's what makes a buffet very intriguing to have. And those Mm -hmm. items are not costly. Those, those are, you know, the proteins are what you're spending the most of the money on. The side items and the the items that go with those proteins, um, sauces and vegetables and things of that nature, salads, those are all very, very inexpensive items to add to your buffet. Yes. Agree with you fully. Agree with you fully. And I, for one, love... So when I do have a buffet that I thoroughly enjoy, enjoy and I'm saying this personally, and so I'm, you know, I, and I feel like this is most people... Just having all the that different variety. I'm not the kind of person that goes up to and tastes every single thing that's on there. I'm going for what I love the most out of those options there. Right. But so while you can limit it to be, you know, let's say one vegetable and one starch, um, the whole point of a buffet is that there are options. So if you can, like, like said, Greg said there, uh, really lean into that. And I think that any... You know, pre-established menu at a um, at a venue or a hall where there's an in-house caterer is going to have that option to you. But when you're working with a caterer, I think they're also you're always going to lead people into that. Correct, Greg? Right. Absolutely. Yeah, you want to. You want to make sure that it's a well-rounded menu and that it respects all the dietary restrictions or the preferences that your guests and yourself have. You know, to make sure that experience is really, really fulfilling. Yeah. So I'm going to lead us into one other thing that. I personally love, love, love um, when you are just all for a buffet or station meal and it's a hybrid. And the reason that I love this is because of the reason that I hate buffets and stations is that everything takes so long and everyone cannot eat at once. So when you have a serve, uh, a serve plated, a plated dinner, everything comes out quickly and almost everyone's eating at almost the same time. It's, it's there's so much more service staff. So there's not like table five or table 11 isn't waiting for their food while table two is finishing up. That's not happening with plated. But when you do do stations or buffet, what I find to be a huge, like wonderful win is to still serve the, the salad. Mm-hmm. So start with something served. Right, your first so that, course, yeah. Yeah, serve your first course so that your guests can be eating that 
while they're waiting to get um, pulled up for dinner. So they're not Mm -hmm. just sitting there starving. They've already got something in front of them, you know, and everyone was served something at the same time. Right. And um, it's just for the guest experience part. I think it's such a nice thing to be able to do that. So you have a little bit of, you know, it is. It it refines it. Yeah. It totally refines it. You know, and the nice thing for, for all you all listening out there, we, you know, here we're talking about a, a cost-effective method to take your buffet. You know, you may have a budget where you said, "Oh, I need to, you know, I need to shave a little bit of cost here or there," and I really wanted plated, but the cost of the staffing. Now, again, using a caterer is what my example yeah. is. Mm-hmm. It was going to be was not going to be cost-effective. Now you have that option to really bring in the little bit of a formality, the little bit of mm-hmm. elegance, and really set set it set the stage for success with your guests coming right in, being able to sit down and enjoy their salad and talk and get to know each other at the table and so on and so forth. And then, you know, next thing you know, oh my God, I got to get up. I'm ready to go to the buffet. I can get my yeah. food now. Yeah. So yeah, the, just having that leave either there on arrival, which is a pre-plated salad. Mm-hmm. So that, what that means is when your guests enter the room, when they sit down, the salad is already there. So they can like start eating immediately or that, you know, Everyone comes into the room, sit down, and then they serve the salads to everyone at the same time. And as soon as the salads are served, they, like literally as soon as the salads are served, they can start opening up the stations and buffet so right, that people can right. start going there. And no one is sitting there waiting on food. It's, it's just the worst feeling. I mean, Greg, you've been to that oh, wedding gosh, or, or no, menu or banquet, oh. excuse me, where you're table 11 and you're right. waiting a long time to eat. That gets it rid of so that. bad. And it's always the time when you're the hungriest too. Cause yes. you just, you've like skipped some of the hors d'oeuvres. You talked to all these people you haven't seen in a long time and you're starving and all you can, all you saw, and you've also seen what the buffet looks like. So you're like super <laughs> excited. So you're like, okay, so you're sitting back there like, okay, table 11, are they going to start from the back of the room? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. no, they're not. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but to your point there real quick would be, uh, as well as pre-plated salad on a on a plated service as well can help execute and shave down on your timeline. So yep. that's another great way of doing that. And, um, you know, again, bringing your guests right in to not wait for to start to eat. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, I love a good pre-plated salad. I think it also looks beautiful mm-hmm. um, if there if you have the opportunity to do that. And um, so, yeah, I mean, you can have a a, a is a salad station, but I just think there's there's a lot of benefit to a pre-plated or served salad um, for the, for your timeline. That's absolutely, in the, and it's the thing is is that no one's going to realize that it's actually saved that amount of time or made their experience better. But I can tell you, as it 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 just it just does. It makes all the difference in the oh, world if you have that opportunity. Thoroughly there. agree. Thoroughly so I agree. love a good hybrid. I love mm-hmm. a good hybrid. Uh, there's so let's talk about desserts a little bit, Greg. Oh, before yeah. we skip desserts, don't let me forget. That's where I want to go next. Yeah. Another good thing that I I love to do is when you are doing a station or buffet, even if you are going to do the salad station over there, if you can have some kind of food on the table, even if it's just rolls, right. which to me is boring, but if you have really good, really good bread and really good butter, right? Yes. 
which yes. butter goes like butter can be really fancy and really good. Yes. I mean, if you have a great caterer. Or it can be really fancy and really eh. <laughs> I don't so, You want it to be really, really good. You want really good quality and put yeah, it on your plate. But for if sure. you've got a great culinary team, like, mm-hmm. you know, Taste Buds, for example, and they present to you the option of a really good, like what you said, herb butter or, oh, you yeah. know, right. uh, there's so many guys. Like I could go on all day about culinary, especially with you, Greg. <laughs> but there's so many different ways that you can elevate just your bread experience. Absolutely. With dips Absolutely. and butters and the cute vessels. This is me going mm-hmm. back to making things look pretty. Yeah. Cute vessels <laughs> that th- these things can be in. But that is like having other things on the table for people to. And again, times of COVID, I understand that we can't just put lots of like like things people's fingers have to be in but outside of those times this is a great way to do that um but what other things could you put on the table greg that when we're not in times covid that could be um other little menu items yeah, it's I don't endless. want to do peanuts I mean, like at a bar. But, no, no, you know. no, no, no. I mean, you could actually. I, I, number one for me is always bread and butter service, uh, it, because mm-hmm. like you, like you touched on, there is so many great things that you can pair with with really good rolls or but or breads, um, and you know, compound butters um, and dips or spreads, if you will, and yeah. then you know, cheese and charcuterie. Um, if you didn't have it in your cocktail hour, I mean, oh, to have, I love a good mini charcuterie yeah, board. I mean, those plates, you can have, you know, a little crostini on there, a little bit of apricot jam and some, you know, and some charcuterie and some brie. And it's beautiful on a little small plate. And it's and it's like little artwork. Right. So your guests yeah. sit down um, and we like to call that. I mean, the, the proper term is like an amuse bouche, you know, so you want something to awaken the palate and, and create some excitement when your guests sit down. But that is a really nice way to to start that off. Um, even just crudités, and I know people, uh, you probably all your guests are out there are like, oh, crudités, yay! He's talking about boring vegetables. No, I'm telling you, things have changed. Fresh vegetables, local farm, uh, you know, and having like a little bit of hummus and some sea salt and mm. a little bit of drizzle of some fresh olive oil, you know, some really beautiful olive oil, and you know, and when you really do some nice ornate small little vegetables on the plate and they're all individualized for your guests. I mean, that's just, it's awesome. People really, really love that. So guys, when we're talking about something like that, the presentation, number one, absolutely. Absolutely. Because then all of a sudden you take these carrots and green beans and, um, what else goes oh cauliflower and broccoli and tomatoes and all kinds of things. You've got great presentation of that. It, it no longer is. Oh, I got a dish of right, cold vegetables. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know? mean, take, picture picture a stemless uh, wine glass with a little base of uh, hummus or a buttermilk dip or something really nice and fresh, a yogurt dip, and then have like the vegetables, you know, standing vertical and really, really pretty with some little micro flowers dusted at the base, and it's just this like little. Uh, you know, beautiful, like almost like a flower arrangement sitting individualized yes. for each one of your guests. I love it. I love it. So all that to say, if you, just having some, like you said, a mousse-bouche or some kind of tapas or something. Like So right now, in times of COVID, that would be something that would be individually um, at each place setting right. or it, super miniature uh, charcuterie board. Um, mm-hmm. Outside of times of COVID, there could just be vessels in 
kind of like family style yeah, that are right. sitting um, amongst right. your floral arrangements and things right. like that. that, um, that yeah, and Kelly, do. I mean, that really breaks bread, right? You know, a lot of times you're sitting at a table and, you know, it's yourself and your wife or yourself and your partner and whatever the case would be. And then you've got all these other individuals sitting at the table. You may not know, you know, they're mm-hmm. at the wedding. Right. And what yeah. a great way to break bread with everybody and start to talk about the food and, and really yeah. start to get to know each other. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm hungry now. And yeah, I'm just seeing <laughs> all of this. I'm just, I'm seeing all of this right now. I'm so excited. And I'm, I don't even know what I'm excited for, but just the opportunity to <laughs> do it again. Food. Every, Food. You know, that's the thing, you guys. Every time we do one of these episodes, I get excited about the things we're talking about because so many new ideas come to mind for you. And, um, you know, you think you rethink all of these opportunities that are out there for all of these things. And there's there's just so many benefits to like everything that that we talk about in these episodes. And. I for sure think that we've come across a lot of good ones on this and, you know, the harder parts of, of, of any of them, but Greg, is there anything else that you think that we didn't touch on that we should bring up? No, I think, uh, I think we hit it pretty good. I think, you know, we touched all those little, little bits and pieces of Mm -hmm. uh, the little inner workings of, of choosing, uh, either, you know, a plated or buffet or stations. And I think it was a quick, good education on, on what those items are. Yeah. And I, I will, I will say this, that, um, oh, you know, some, did we, co- did we talk about cocktail style receptions? No, we didn't. Okay. Can we just touch base on that real yeah, quickly? Because absolutely. I recorded earlier, a episode with Corinne Hassan from Jet Side Wed, and it was about assigned seating versus open seating. And that was one of the styles of seating that we brought up that we hadn't thought about it before because there's actually four different types of seating that you can do. And that was one of them because there's typically limited seating with cocktail Mm -hmm. style receptions. Mm -hmm. So can you, from a culinary perspective, speak to a cocktail style dinner service, Mm -hmm. um, what the pros and cons culinary wise there are to that where um, it well yeah. again it's it, so everything's a production when it comes to you know on the culinary side as much as the rest of the event obviously but on the culinary side it's just as much of a production uh to to deliver um the foods and the items that need to go so when we're talking about cocktail style service uh as far as a reception is concerned it's very much the same as far as stations are concerned as much that you need the an adequate amount of culinary staff to be able to deliver the um, the foods that need to go out to these stations. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for cocktail service, you know, stations can be more of like little small plates, like we touched on before, right? right. Um, mm-hmm. Where we have all these individual little small plates at all these stations, which those have to be made in the back, and they have to be generally made in the back, and they and they the back of the house, and they have to be readily available and can be taken out. At a to moment's be replenished. notice to be replenished. Yeah. 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 Um, and also it, in this kind of service, you're also passing at the same time. So it's right. not just, well, you right. could, you could right. just do all. Oh yeah, you could but to make it a little more diverse. Like you said, you, you want to yeah. be passing. And mm-hmm. so you have letting you have, so now you're having a little hors d'oeuvre, one to two bite hors d'oeuvres going out on trays, going with service staff and being able to feed the crowd as well as these stations being replenished. Um, mm-hmm. At, at that same time. 
yeah. you know, I, I would, you know, pros and cons. I don't, I really can't speak to that in, in the sense that my opinion is, is that if you're looking to have more of an atmosphere of uh, up and about and mingling and have that really, uh, I don't know, I call it a bouncy vibe, if you will. Yeah. Where you it's, have it's more celebratory. Yeah. It's, then it's more the, mingling. Then that's the type of food that it's going to go with that. Right. You know, and we all go to like, um, it relates to like when you go to a, a Super Bowl party, right? Or uh, any kind of like little gathering where it's just more nibbles and your dips and you're grabbing little things and you're feeding mm-hmm. yourself that way. That's yeah. really more of that what that style is. And, um, you know, and it, you know, for you guys out there, I think that that's, you know, that would be the consideration, you know, if that's what you're looking to have done. So here, here's what I have to say about that. Here's where I'm going to say the negative to it. The negative that we hear quite often is that, oh, I didn't even know that when like the next day at the farewell brunch, someone's like, oh, my gosh, that uh, fried coconut fried shrimp. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that what you call it? Coconut yeah, fried? Yeah. yeah, coconut was so good. And then someone's saying there was coconut fried shrimp there. Right. I didn't I didn't get any of that. So that's the one caveat to cocktail style mm-hmm. is that there's. It, there's an opportunity that parts of your menu are going to get missed by your guests. Mm-hmm. So the only way, how would you say is that what's the best way to defeat that Greg calling it? Like as far as guests not seeing the food or getting or get like, like not experiencing well, all of the things. My suggestion would be number one, do not create a menu that is, has like 50 or 60 different pieces of things everywhere because mm-hmm. more than likely i mean i can almost guarantee that not everybody is going to see everything yeah um and then the other thing would be is that to make sure that your more popular items on your menus are the ones that or the or the ones you really want to see you want to put those in front of people put them on the passing side make sure that they're getting in front of the guest you know put yeah. them in front of, put them on a tray and put them out to people um but it's really about just keeping the menu even though you feel like, oh, I've got to fill all these, you know, all these places or all these things, you really shouldn't have a state. You shouldn't have a menu with more than like 10 items. 10 really should be the max on that style of service. Mm -hmm. And then you're, that's really going to kind of nip that in the bud. You'll really be able to put that food in front of everyone. Yeah. And then another thing is that when you do this style of service, you are serving food longer. It's a longer meal time. And that's because there's not a stru- it's not a structured evening so it's not like where you sit down to dinner and dinner is exactly 49 minutes right. you know from start right. to finish when you're doing a cocktail style of reception you are making sure that everyone has enough food so they they felt like their bellies feel like they had dinner and they're not leaving hungry right but they are eating over a longer stretch of time so right. it's not like you have all the food is coming out for that 49 minutes. You cannot right. do it this way. It's got, it's because it's a flow and people are not going to like, some people are going to hit the bar and hit the bar for the first half an hour and not touch food. Right. You know? Right. So you of have course. to give them that opportunity to eat. Otherwise you're going to have the guests who are going to be like, I was starving at the end of the night because I never got any food. Right. Another right. thing I like to do, if you're going to go that route, Craig, and you can say you disagree or don't agree with this. And I would really like your opinion on it. If you're going to do that, where you are going to have, yes, past items, past hors d'oeuvres, 
But if you're going to, and I hope that you would still have some displayed food, have multiple locations that have the same things. So if you have a large space, let's say, you know, a huge tent, 40 by 110 or something like that, that if there are stations that you have the same station in more than one spot, because some people are never going to leave one side of the room. It's just the way that it is. You know, right, right. Their, their people are hanging over towards this bar. If you have a central bar, it might be a little bit more different, right. um, but there's, you know, like, I, I hate when some, like, I just, I, I feel so bad when someone finds out there was baby lamb chops at a station that was on the other corner of the tent, right, but it right. was never on, they didn't even go to that side. So they didn't know. Right. So if there's that option to like, if you have all of the stationed items in several areas mm-hmm. in your space, mm-hmm. that's a bet. That's a good thing. Yeah, I would, I would agree. And then I think to add to that though, I would, you know, it depends on your guest count. Um, So if you, if you're going to, if you're going to do that and you're going to replicate stations, it sometimes is even better to take those stations and put the exact same offerings on every station. That's what I mean. Yeah. So, you know, and you know that, so that really makes that and, and really, you know, heads that off because, you know, then your guests are only focused. If they do won't meander over to that other station, they've said, oh, well, that's the exact same that's on the other yeah. one. So I'm seeing yeah. all the offerings. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would want to really hit on home with that, which I've seen uh, multiple times when we've done uh, a cocktail t- style reception is in the past, um, you know, the plan had been, oh, I, I you know, we had to, the, the planner had to make sure photos and all those things were happening. And so there was that cocktail hours time you really need to make sure that you focus on a way of differentiating the cocktail style foods in your cocktail hour. And then when you go into your cocktail style reception, so your guests feel a little fulfilled when you continue to use that same style of food and carry it through, it just drags on and it's really not differentiating the two different styles of service or the two different times of service. Yeah. Um, So that would be one thing I would point out. So I would, so what we've done to head that off in the past to answer that was we we did like a cheese and charcuterie display and maybe a few other items that were on a station on a display that was, uh, you know, center of the room or whatever the case may be that was just dedicated for the cocktail hour. And then when the cocktail reception started, we did elaborate passing and elaborate stations that had yes. that changed it up. So this mm-hmm. way your guests felt like, oh, well, now this is what dinner is. Right, right. Uh, just just to wrap it up, dessert. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're doing, remember when I was saying earlier about a hybrid? Mm-hmm. If you you could go back to the same thing again, where you could have dessert also served, in that you know, just to bring everyone back to like a more focused point, you could serve your cake there or mini desserts at a place setting, so everyone sits down like. Let's say for, um, you know, uh, right before you open the dance floor or something like that, that you could do it right. that way. Right. Um, um, so that that just brings everyone to like, okay, we're ending dinner with this. Or the other option is to open a, a dessert display or buffet after the um, the dinner portion. So right. switch that out. But you right. would, I, I wouldn't. You, I can't think of really an occasion where you would have dessert out while dinner 
foods are out the savories no no not at no. all yeah yeah I we're don't. not suggesting that right no okay god no no <laughs> no no um no i yeah i think it, you know those there's so there yeah there is all those hybrids i mean we've done where you have a uh, desserts dedicated dessert station which could be chef attended mm-hmm. uh doing you know we've done blowtorch s'mores before which is a really fun little thing uh it's yeah. more interactive uh, little shooters and different things like that. Right after we've cut the cake and plated that uh, for service. Um, or you could just put, you know, like you were talking about putting little things in front of guests, um, you know, the night, if we went back to like a family style or meaning, you know, put the desserts grouped on a plate and put them in front of on a table. So a variety yeah. of desserts. Mm-hmm. I know, I think we've done one together like that where we did like a selection of desserts was offered to the group uh, at the table and then we yeah. plated the cake and served it and yes. that was really really yes, yes. awesome that was awesome uh and i just thought of something greg if you wanted if you kind of wanted to have both atmospheres that's another thing that you could do is have a plated dinner and then have a dessert yeah, display right, right, or um right. i love a good dessert room now oh, I, and boy, we haven't yes. i haven't done it yes. in so long but the times i have done it Oh, it's awesome. Here's the thing, though. If you do a dessert room, which I love, and guests just flip out over this, it is incredibly, incredibly important that you let your, you have to communicate it. You have to have your band or DJ specifically say out loud, we'd love to invite you into our dessert room, which is right Mm -hmm. outside these doors, so that they know but also, if it's possible, if you have a menu card um, to, to say desserts will be available in the dessert room, you know, right. uh, or, you know. That's a great touch. So I that, like that. Oh, I love it so much. And then that gives you that variety if you are looking to go past just wedding cake or if you're not having wedding cake at all. You right. know, that's um, a really good point you just brought mm-hmm. up because you're hybrid. You want to make sure that especially if you did a plated service. You know, you guys out there, if you decided, okay, I'm going to have a plated service, but I'd really love to have an elaborate dessert station. Again, mm-hmm. making sure that your planner is putting, right, Kelly, you'd want to have, make sure that that's being announced because if, oh, they weren't used be to, communicated. if they weren't used to, you know, getting up and having to get their own food, then they're not going to, they're going to be like wondering where dessert is. <laughs> yeah, because here's the thing, everyone, and this goes across the board for desserts and um, late night menus when they are not something that is served to at the table savories late night menus they can smell that (laughs) if there's hot food they're going to smell french fries they're going to smell pizza they're going to smell sliders there's the scent factor and so like especially and if it's next to the bar even better but um in the bar room or something like that desserts you aren't going to smell them so unless you audibly and visually explain to your guests that that is available to them, they will not know it's there. Right. You know, because right. cookies don't smell. Uh, creme brulee doesn't uh, offer a, a scent that travels. So right. they 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 can completely miss it. And I hate for that to happen. And it does happen when it is not well communicated. Right. For sure. So, We've Greg, seen it. thank you so much. <laughs> is there yes. anything else that you think that we miss on this topic? Well, No. I can't really think of anything, but I, like, I know I could get sit on here and talk with you for hours. So I know we got to wrap it up. And yeah, because we've been <laughs> it's here. It's dangerous. 
We've been here for nearly an hour. This oh might be goodness. our longest episode. Oh, wow. But, but here's the thing. There was so much to talk about that really does need, you know, we want to make sure that as you're listening to these episodes that you really truly are getting all of the best advice, tips, and opinions that you can make a really good decision. We want you to make the best decision for you specifically and the wedding that you're planning. And um, that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Sure Great. Thank you for this. Thank you, Kelly. This all has right. been awesome. We've, it's so great to communicate and reach out and uh, talk to your guests here as well. And uh, thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate you sharing all of your knowledge so much, so much. And now don't you want to like kind of go back and do some things? Like, yes. doesn't it? Th- every time I <laughs> we record one of these, I am thinking of, we haven't done a dessert room. And so, like, like there's right, just right. so many things. Well, you just get, you said dessert room. And all I can picture is this really beautiful room ornate with candles everywhere and just desserts every square oh inch my of the gosh. room. <laughs> oh my god! I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. And even just like in the room, here we go, Greg. But like yep. in the room, like having some like chef attendant attended place oh, yeah. things, oh, yeah. you know, and right. Right. oh, and let me just say this. I'm just going to put this out there. Chocolate fountains are bad. Not even just in pandemic times. Yes. Gross. They, they should be Ugh. banned. Banned. Just banned. putting yes. that, that out there. We're going to get They're not man. hygienic. <laughs> they are not hygienic under Ew. any. I, I cannot think of any way that these are a good thing. So they never should have existed. Leave them back in 1990 where they came from. <laughs> Amen, sister. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Greg. Bye bye. I'm so glad to be able to share my wedding experiences and expertise with you, and that my co hosts are still giving it theirs. We truly do want you to have the best time at your wedding, and our hope is that this podcast is helping you to make your engagement time while planning your wedding that much easier. May I ask a favor of you if this is the case? Would you just take a moment to leave a review of this podcast on your listening platform? It helps people just like you to find the podcast and to also find out their answers so they can make decisions. I would also absolutely love for you to give this versus that podcast a shout out on your social media. You can find us at this versus that wedding podcast on Instagram. And if you would like me to help you with a specific question, a wedding decision, please, by all means, ask, send me a DM. I would love to hear from you and maybe just maybe even have you as a wedding guest on a future episode. How fun. Here's to another great wedding.